It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I am your host, Robert Brining, joined by my co-host, Jeremy Dunn. Jeremy, what's up, man? Well, uh, um, let's see. What's up? What's up? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, really. I mean, it's it's all going. It's it's a Sunday. It's a Sunday yeah. evening here in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I've got to tell you, it's been a lovely day. It hasn't been too hot. It's been actually kind of nice. So, oh. it's, yeah, it's been kind of nice that way. But well, if great. I could just get this freaking chat room to work, I'd I'd be all the more happy, you see. Yeah. Um, for people who are listening who may not be in the chat room, you can go to Blog Talk Radio backslash POSIM, and you can find the chat room there and chat with uh, me and Jeremy when he gets himself in there and anyone yeah, else sure. who may be listening live. <laughs> so we um, we had some uh, good shows the last couple days, um, the last couple shows we had. Um, the last show that we did on Wednesday was with Get Real Philly, which was an organization in Philadelphia that shares um, story, real, like, um, let me see, how do I want to put it, real uh, frank discussions, um, you know, and real stories of people who live in Philadelphia uh, in the LGBT community. So it's kind of um, important to have that kind of service and organization around to make people aware of, you know, what's going on and, and, and how fellow people in your community are living, you know. Exactly. It's important for stuff like that. And then I'm trying to remember, who the heck did we just have on last week? I totally slipped my mind. <gasps> Felicia, Felicia Flames. Ooh, girl. She was something else. <laughs> oh, my awesome. God. And you forgot? Uh, it just totally slipped my mind because, you know, it feels like it was two weeks ago, so I felt like there was somebody in between. And um, tonight we're going to have John Cunningham on, which I'm excited to uh, speak with. Um, I called him yesterday to confirm. Hopefully um, he will return the call back because the number I had was his business number at the Grove. Mm-hmm. And I left a message there, so I'm not sure if he's going to the office for the interview or if he's doing it from his house or whatnot. So he will be joining us uh, a little bit later on in the show. Excellent. I, I'm looking forward to this because what he's—I I think what he's doing is what he's done is an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you get a chance to see it? Um, I did not get a chance to see it. I didn't even know it existed when I was in San Francisco. I was there about years ago, and I wasn't like really out and about about all this, and I wasn't active in the AIDS community, so I didn't look for things like that when I was in San Francisco. It was you know the Golden Gate Bridge and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> that other street, that windy street, I forget, Bourbon Street, I forget the name of the street. Bourbon the street. street. <laughs> I don't remember the name. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it's not Bourbon Street. I don't remember the name of the street. street that's there, but it's like really curvy. It's, it's like, um, whatever was, street it was. It's not Lombard, <laughs> is it? Yes, it is Lombard, you're right. Lombard. That's, yeah. um, uh, <laughs> that was what I went and seen when I was there. Uh, yeah, you went to go see Bourbon Street in San Francisco. Not bourbon. Shut up. <laughs> I knew it was something like that. I forgot. But, um, yeah, so I didn't um, find anything. But he actually just became the executive director, I believe I read April 1st of 2009. So he just recently became the director because the board um, supposedly a couple of years ago did away with his, that position, and they just uh-huh. voted to bring it back. So he well, was just good. named in April 1st. So it um, should be interesting because he's going to share his personal story as long with his uh, story about working at the Grove and how that's affected him. Because it's amazing. I mean, if you go on the website, um, which is in the chat room, which is AIDSmemorial.org, you can go in and see all, you know, and take a virtual tour of the Grove itself and, and get to see all the different kinds of uh, memorials that they have there. They have this one thing called the Friendship Circle, which I'm sure he'll talk about that, it's amazing, amazing thing. I really wish I knew about this um, when I was out there last. I yeah, it, it is. It's a. I I think you would be so tough. Even if you don't have HIV in your life, 
mm-hmm. just walking through it, it, it just it is so moving and so touching that um, and 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 I have to also comment that what they do tell you on the site is that any time in the day it's very very different because you know you've got the sun coming up and over so it's different in the morning and it's different in the new you know at the midday and it's different in the evening and it's just because of the lights and the shadows and all the angles and, and everything it just it, it's so captivating and then you go back and you see it in the summer and it's completely different than when you saw it in the fall or in the spring it, it's just it's this it, it, it I, I'm verklempt <laughs> have you been there I have. Okay, because I was going to say, you're talking like you've been there already, and I was like, I wasn't aware if you were there. So you've been it's, there and walked through it and, and experienced it. I walked it. through it. It's absolutely, it's breathtaking. And you, you just, I, God, the the whole, it, it's just, everything about it is just an amazing thing. It, it's just, the names, the, in, I mean, it, it's, Again, I, I'm going to get verklempt. That's the only thing I can say, <laughs> verklempt. Well, I wonder who, um, I wonder, uh, you know, what it um, costs to add your name to stuff like that. Because I think they do it once a year, I believe, where they, you know, they go and they add new names, I think, uh-huh. I somewhere. Um, so I wonder what that would, you know, how much of a donation you have to make to get your name added. I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. I guess we'll find out when he calls in. He hasn't called in. He's not on the line yet. So uh, let's see who's in the chat room tonight. Hello to the to wonderful Joseph. Um, hello to Molly. And Dab is in the chat room. And anyone else listening can join the chat room live at blogtalkradio backslash pauseim. Um, so as we're waiting for John to call, and I really hope he didn't forget because, he, like I said, he didn't call me back, so that made me a little worried. <laughs> but you've been there, so you can tell us all about that growth, can't you? Oh. <laughs> Sure. What do you? <laughs> what was that word sure. you said? You, you were so clumped. Is that what you said? Yeah, I was so clumped. It, it does. It really brings you. It it, it is. It, it moves you. So. It, it's spiritual in in so many ways, and it's just so emotional. It's. It's, almost. Um, and and not to say. Not to belittle the quilt, but I would liken it to the AIDS quilt, the AIDS memorial quilt, um, where you see where the quilt, you know, is, what is it? It's three by six um, panels, the size of a grave, and um, and each one is, 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 uh, in memory of someone who's died. And um, it, in the memorial garden, it's it's virtually the same thing, except it's not quilt panels, obviously, but it, there's names and there are, um, you know, there's just, it, it's, I, I, it's, there's, it's so moving, I, I can't express it in words. And it's just like, I mean, I guess the only thing, like you said, we can compare it to is like the AIDS quilt. And right. I remember when I went <clears throat> on the Philly AIDS walk um, the last two years, when I went up to the AIDS quilt, you kind of get this feeling that comes over you that just, I don't know, it kind of just humbles you and it just lets you appreciate everything that you have. It, it does. It, it, and, you know, and, and I, I think also when you look, when you go to these memorials, and you are living with the virus, living with this disease, um, it, it, at least for me, it just kind of rings that constant bell, you know, that, that says, you know, dude, you've got this. You know, look at these names. They've gone before you. They've... Um, They've made it, made things happen. They've blazed trails for us, and um, and sometimes it's hard to think about that. You know that, geez, you know, am, am I going to be one of those names that's going to be? You know, am I going to have a quilt panel? And all I can say is, God, I hope not. 
I don't want the panel. I don't want my name in a memorial grove someplace because I, I'm hoping to get past all of that. You know what I mean? But, Absolutely. Um, but that, that's, that, that, I think, is what brings it up for me when I go into um, these, these, these places and, and see these things. It's, it's so it's – it's, it, it's moving. I mean, it's almost overwhelming sometimes that you just – I well up and start crying and fall into a little ball on the floor, and, and people wonder, what's wrong with that man who's fought crying on the floor and – you know, mothers and fathers guide their children away from me. Anyway, that's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things I'm reading in the chat room, um, Dab says that many times when you go and visit these memorials, there are flowers or or poems. He said, and even Dab's the age bears are there from you know people's partners mm-hmm. who 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 lost their partner to AIDS. You know what I mean? And they're they're leaving those things. So that's always got to be very emotional for for you know when you go and you see a poem or a teddy bear there that, that represents, you know, from somebody's partner. That was kind of touching. It would kind of probably really choke me up, <laughs> like for it, sure. It, and, you know, and not to bring this way, way down, but um, it's AIDS is, and, and not to, and I know people will get mad at me when I say this, but AIDS <laughs> is a terminal illness. It, it it is, and um, we should get emotional about it. You know, we we shouldn't just sweep it under the stairs and oh, you know, think about it once in a while. I mean, we need to be thinking about it all the time. And if the AIDS Memorial Garden or Grove does that for folks. You know what? I, I think I think that's another reason why we need it, is so that the the people who died and put, had their names put put out there, they didn't die in vain, and um, we need to real we we need, we need to remember that we need to realize that, and we need to carry carry their light on a little bit longer because. That's what we have to do as the living. We have to keep living. We have to keep moving it on. And that's all I can hope that somebody will do for me when I'm not around, you know. But it's I totally, totally agree with you. Um, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess right now that John probably forgot since he hasn't called in yet. So I'm gonna open the floor to anybody out there in the chat room who wants to call in and maybe share their experiences. You maybe have been to the Grove. Or any other memorial that you may know about that um, represents, you know, that represents the people that have lost their battle to AIDS. Um, call in and share your story about it. We want to hear and um, get the word out there a little bit more. Uh, maybe you can share your experience of when you were at um, when you last saw the, the AIDS quilt, maybe in person, and, and how that felt for you. And, and actually, I want Dad to actually call in as well because about this Ryan White funding that is. Um, they were fighting for an extension, so I want him to call in and talk about that because oh. that's something I wanted to also bring up. Since uh, John Cunningham won't be joining us tonight, call in. Give us your story at 347-215-9442. Don't be afraid to holler at your boys, right? Holler at your boys. <laughs> holler at the boys. <laughs> you, you know, t- t- talking about the Ryan White funding, it, it expires on September 30th, I think. At the end of September, it's done. It expires. Right. No more funding. So um, if, if Congress doesn't extend it, it it's just it, – it's terrifying to, to, to even think about what might happen. And um, it, it's – you know, I mean, I mean, drug assistance programs, housing programs, treatment um, – there, it's September 26th is when it expires. Thanks, Daddy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think a lot of people realize how this could really um, affect them. Uh, God. You know what I mean? There are people who are surviving because of Ryan White. Fun that. So right, think about that. You, you, you take that away because – 
some of the Ryan White funding is supplemental to somebody's Medicare. It's um, it, it, it's supplemental to Medicaid. It's supplemental to you know. It, oh God, it, it's just the more I think about it, the more upset I get, and, and just oh. Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. Actually, I, you know, I think um, in September I want to do a, a show just on that. And I um, I sent an email to Dab. I'm not sure if he got it. I know he's has been busy this whole weekend, but um, I wanted to have him come on and co-host with me possibly on September 16th, which is a Wednesday show. Jack um, will be super busy with Fashion Week. <laughs> uh, you know, Fashion Week, Pause I Am Radio Show, Fashion Week, Pause I Am Radio Show. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm like, just when you're up there, just spit it out. Pause I Am Radio. Just do that. <laughs> Exactly. While you're standing up there. <laughs> they sponsored this dress. No. <laughs> I should talk to them about that. Um, but I, exactly. I want I want to do a show directly on that because a lot of things we don't cover are the more um, important in the political issues and, like, the laws and funding and things like that. I don't cover because I don't have the knowledge for it, you know what I mean? So I don't like to, to put out information that I don't know or say something that I shouldn't be saying on air, you know what I mean? So yep, I think having I Dab co-host that day will be um, pretty cool if he's able to do that, um, to sit in, because he's very educated on it, and he'll be able to answer people's questions that they may have and direct them the right way. And not only that, he's kind of hot. <laughs> right? Daddy Dab. Yeah. Daddy Dab. He's hot. But anyway, I digress. So, um, <laughs> you know, if, if I, I have to tell you, Rob, and, and everybody who's listening, it's, I laugh. I chuckle a lot because if I don't laugh, I will cry. And right. um, so we all have to find something in our lives that we find humorous. And, well, I sometimes just find life itself humorous because so many people take it so seriously. And But, but we do have to sometimes just, Take a step back and look around us, and, and just kind of let one out. Just let it let it go. Let it let. But Ryan White is not something that we can sit back and and laugh about because um, it it is just so important that you know. I, I can stand up here and I can say, you know what, I'm okay, I'm healthy right now, blah, 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 but that's because I have health insurance. If I didn't have health insurance, where would I be? Well, let me see here. I'd probably not be on meds. I'd probably, I, I, oh God, who knows where I'd be. I'd probably be on some waiting list. Um, or I would, you know, I, I, I don't know where I would be right now if I weren't, if I didn't have health insurance. So I, I consider myself very lucky. But I know way too many people who are, who will be affected, directly affected, if if Ryan White expires and we don't extend it. Um, I have people, you know, right in my own backyard. Um, and so I'm going to give a shameless plug <laughs> that I am looking for people to help sponsor us <laughs> uh, for a 5K run in October. And it will be, let's see, what is it? It's a 5K run. It's for the Regional HIV AIDS Consortium. And we must get sponsors to help fund this run so we can continue to provide um, housing for uh, North Carolinians and South Carolinians living with HIV, provide um, outreach programs for our rural areas that uh, those, those constituencies cannot get to a, um, a clinic or a, or a doctor's office because they're just too far out and they don't have the means to get there. Um, and, and also 
we provide, uh, we work with the Housing with People with AIDS um, funding, and we are one of the uh, one of the receivers for the grant. So we can provide people with transitional housing and and such. So it, it's so important that we have so much to get through and 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 all that. But but anyway. I'm, I'm digressing. I'm taking over. Well, one of the one of the um, things I wanted to, to talk about, since you were talking about it earlier, is yep. a little bit about healthcare. So I figured we could bring this up. This is kind of a hot topic that's going on, you know, in the world today. This universal healthcare. Is it good? Is it not bad? They're calling it. What are they calling it? Socialism, and and things like that. And then I just saw these articles online, and it, it really got me thinking. So I wanted to share it with you. I don't remember where I, I saw it at, but it was an article that kind of just brought up the subject that if there was universal health care, there wouldn't be pe- the world itself and the people would be so much more happier because people wouldn't be tied down to crappy jobs just for the benefits. Yep. You know what I mean? Where a lot of people struggle and work all these, these horrific hours at these jobs that they hate just for benefits. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think um, that something like universal health care would be very you know, uh, would be a good idea for people who who can't afford healthcare, or maybe who don't work and just need healthcare. Right. So it kind of, uh, I thought it was kind of an interesting way to look at it. I I gotta tell you, um, the healthcare debate has become so flu- so just poisoned with misinformation and and flat out lies. And um, God, from from Sarah Palin claiming that you know it's just going to be death panels that we're going to kill our elderly. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, listeners of all ages, I just want you to know that the government and no one is looking to have death panels to. to decide whether or not you live or die. Um, But in case anybody was asking, we already have them, and they're called HMOs, health maintenance organizations. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, and and just also just a minor little history lesson, and, and I'll throw this question out there, and if it doesn't get answered in the next five minutes, I'll give you the answer. But the question is, under... Whose administration, under whose presidential administration, did the health maintenance organization, the HMO, first um, get proposed and put into place? Wait a minute, so I, I know I, that. Do you know that one? Wait a minute, let me think. I have to think because I just saw a movie that had that in it, and I have to remember who it was that put it through. Was it Nixon? It was Nixon. Very yes, I remember good. It. <laughs> yes. Yes. Matter of fact, it was it was Nixon and and Dr. Kaiser himself from Kaiser Permanente, um, because Kaiser was a um, you know wanted to make more money. So here's how health HMOs were were created: make money by providing less care. That that's where the HMO came from, health maintenance organization started under Nixon's administration, and um, Nixon really pushed it through because <laughs> his friends were going to make a lot of money uh, off of, off of um, sick people because, y- you know, it, it, it was just – there's actually – you can I, I think you can Google this because Nixon – because he was famous for recording every conversation in the in the Oval Office, um, actually has conversations with him and Kaiser talking about all of this. Yeah, they actually they, um, they show that in the movie Sicko by um, was it Michael Moore? Michael Moore. Yeah, it's a really good movie, and actually that's where I saw the whole tape take place where they were talking about it. That's why yeah. I was like, it's Nixon. <laughs> it's Nixon. I know that one. I know that one. <laughs> but. Um, so, you know, it's funny because the Republicans and the conservatives talk about, you know, death panels and all of that. You know, just 
point them right back to 19, what was it, 19? When was that? That was 69, 70, somewhere in there. Um, and and just point those folks back to that to that era, to that time, and and ask them. Then how did you let your party do this to us? So you know, just throw it right back in their faces. Slap, slap, slap. You know, it, it's it, it, it's funny to to hear people talk about health care because, you know, it's like, well, I don't want people to, you know, I'm not going to pay for somebody else's. It's like you already do. You already do that. Hey, are you on a magic jack, by the way? Not right now, no. Uh, okay. Why? I hear this in my ear. No. Okay. No, no, no. We, I have a magic jack. Uh-huh. But $29 a year. Yeah, I, I bought my brother a magic jack. Not to go off on off topic, but I'm going to a little bit. I brought my I got my brother a magic jack so he can take it to London with him so we can call him, you know, mm-hmm. not long distance and international rates. Yeah, it's good for that. It's just sometimes it does cut out like you were saying. Yeah, it does. It kind of goes... <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of annoying. <laughs> but whatever. It's cheap, so what do you expect? <laughs> exactly. You know, you know, it, it, it is. It's 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 cheap. Right. I, yeah, it's cheap. It is. Uh, one of the things I did want to talk about um, was um, some of the upcoming guests, because I actually filled all of our Sunday shows for September. Awesome. Um, you know, um, just to uh, bring it back a little bit back, um, on this Sunday coming up, the ne- actually next Sunday, next week, we're going to be speaking with um, Travis A. Scott, who's actually a YouTube um, blogger. And he blogs with videos on YouTube about living with HIV. And he is actually friends with Kenji. That's how I met him. And he's actually a member of PAZIM, so you can find him there too. Um, but he's a pretty inspirational guy and is really um, an open book. And I, I kind of like when we have guests like that on. Awesome. So he'll be uh, joining us next week. And then um, on September 6th, I have uh, Nate. He is the founder of the Paz Cruise or the HIV Cruise. Uh-huh. That is actually happening, I believe, in October. Sometime in October they're going to do a cruise, and I believe it leaves out of Miami, and it's like a week. So um, he's going to come on and talk about that, and I thought that was kind of interesting because um, I've never been on a cruise, I'm afraid. Why are I don't you like afraid? The water. Because I don't want to wake up and look out over my friggin' boat and see nothing but blackness. See nothing but blackness. Yeah, or, or nothing but water. You know, and during the day, I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I, I don't put wimp. myself in situ- I'm a wimp. That's right. That's right. You're a wimp. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll admit it. <laughs> you know what? I would love to be on a boat all day long, all night long. I would love it. Really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I would hmm. love it. That's interesting. So, um, and then later on in the month, um we are going to have on an HIV-positive poet <clears throat> who's a member of Paz I Am. He's going to come on in. He has, uh, I think, three books out, and his one book's about to come out the end of September. That's why he's going to be on towards the end, so people will be able to purchase it when he's on. And he's going to read some of his poetry on air. Nice. And we're going to open it up and allow people to call in and share their poetry as well, if they're interested in that. And then um, one of the Wednesday shows that we do have coming up is going to, we're going to have on, we rescheduled John Rutherford. From Cult Studios. Uh huh. Um, he's going to be on Wednesday, uh, September 23rd. Nice. Um, and yeah, he's friends with Jack, so Jack was able to get him on. And that's when we're going to talk about, um, you know, uh, HIV and what they, do, what you know, the industry or the adult film industry does to protect their models and what requirements they have. And, you know, I mean, what rules they have because you don't really know the behind the scenes of. In the film industry, you only think what is going on is what you see, and you know what I mean. There's all that behind-the-scenes stuff, and I guess the ways that they keep their models safe. We're going to figure out all that interesting stuff. So, cool. I'm kind of cool to have him come on. You know, one of the things I do want to talk about since um, our guest didn't call in today, um, I wanted to ask you about, um, 
you know, we just started the bloggers on POS.IM, and one of the ideas came from, I think, one of, Mike, one of the bloggers, who said, why don't we do a topic, you know, twice a month and have mm-hmm. all the bloggers blog on that one topic so they can get a variety of different stories of how, like, um, the one we just did was coming out as somebody who's HIV positive, like either disclosing to your family, your friends, and things like that. And I know we probably covered it before on an earlier show, but I thought maybe if we shared our experience about coming out, you know, um, that may be able to help somebody who may be listening or may want to call in. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, you know what I mean? How we all kind of, like how we told our families, how we told our friends. So I'll start with mine first (laughs) and let you um, get yours all together, I guess. (laughs) Um, What was I going to say? I remember when I told my mother, um, I kind of sat her down, and I believe my sisters at the same time. I really don't remember. It's kind of bad. I have short-term memory, long-term memory loss and short-term memory loss. Um, but I remember I sat them down, and it was six months after my father passed, and I told her, you know, like, I got my blood works back, and I'm HIV positive. And, like, I remember her being, like, shocked, but, like, you know, there were so many other things going on that it wasn't on the top of her list. You know what I mean? She just lost my dad, so there was all that that was going through her head and like my sisters were always supportive and they were just like, as long as you're not on medicine, that's fine. But my mom was one of those types of people that jumped right on the computer. You know, like when my right. dad got cancer, she jumped right on the computer and read everything she could ever find on it. So I know she did that as with me too, with HIV and AIDS jumping on the computer to make sure that her son was obviously, you know, mm-hmm. going to be able to live and what to expect in the long run. Cause she didn't know anything about it, which I think is always a good thing to do, you know, to, look for information whether you find it on the internet or you go somewhere else. But you got to just make sure what you read because there's so much information that there's bad yeah. information. <laughs> yeah, there's all <laughs> which, kinds of... Which was interesting. But once I told them, you know, it was pretty much, okay, keep it between us. You know, like my immediate family, I never really opened up anymore. So it was it was kind of difficult to finally accept. Like, it's hard to accept your own status and everything when you're told to keep it between, like, a group of four people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, why am I hiding? Why am I hiding? And then it just got to the point where I didn't want to hide anymore. And right. I felt like I couldn't be myself if I was hiding and not open to my family who love me and would love me anyway. They love me and they know that I'm gay. Why wouldn't, you know what I mean? Like it was, if, if they can love me after that, I felt like they could love me after anything. Right. That was the biggest thing in the world for me to, to accept and get over. It took me, God, 18 years to do that. <laughs> so, um, you know what I mean? I, I just remember just, telling people like my family for the first time because I had that Sestiva breakout um, with the rash, they were all like, oh, well, are your accounts good? Why didn't you tell us sooner? So it's amazing that the people that we love the most, like our friends and family, often shock us, you know, because we assume that they're going to deny us and they're not going to want to, you know, be around us or support us because of all the stigma that's around it. And it's most of the time it's usually the opposite. I mean, at least that's what in my experience it's been. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then I remember the other thing that I blogged about was telling my teammates because that was something that I did sporadically. It wasn't I wasn't open to anybody and just randomly sent them an email and started this blog before Pause I Am started. And I was just like, you know, this is and just offer them like information about it, like you know, because I think one of the first blog posts I ever did was HIV in sports. You know what I mean? Just to educate my friends and let them know that there was nothing to worry about. They could still knock me on my ass if they wanted to and steal the ball from me. Like, they didn't have to be afraid of me. You know what right. I mean? So I think by doing it that way in that format, it was kind of a lot easier and a lot more people um, were okay with it because I also gave them information after I, I don't know, I don't say dropped the bomb, but after I, you know, disclosed to them, they had information at their fingertips that they were able to read and be like, oh, this is okay. You know what I mean? Because not everybody's going to be educated about it, so. I mean, that was how I told my peeps. <laughs> oh, golly. That's, you know, it, that's always an interesting topic, isn't it? Disclosure and how yeah. to and when to and, and why and, you know, and just all that stuff. God. Um, yeah, I, well, I, I think I've told you about this. Um when when I told my parents, <laughs> yes, it was what was it? it was about a year into my diagnosis, and um, I, I and it, 
and I had lived in Colorado at the time, and my parents were in California, so I didn't have any good way of doing it except over the phone. <laughs> right, they didn't have Skype. <laughs> no, there was no Skype. There was. Could you imagine there, skyping in? <laughs> and, hi, um, mom, dad, hi. But you know, it 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 just. I told them over the phone, it, and that was hard um, because you don't get their facial expressions, you don't get their body language, you don't get um, any of that. You know, it, you don't get the hug. You don't get the hug exactly, um, it, and, and it's just it, it was almost it was a cold way of doing it. I think, mm-hmm. and um, that that was. So I, I can't imagine um, what what went on in their heads when when I told them it's like you know like mom dad you know mom I'm HIV positive. Well, what's funny is the first words out of her mouth was, "Do you have AIDS?" So she knew that there was a difference. Right. So that was that was good. At least she knew that. Mm-hmm. And my dad says. You're not going to have sex anymore, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Leave it to the man. <laughs> like, dad, oh, dad, oh, dad. But um, so, it, you know, it, it, it was just, it, it was hard for me to tell them over the phone, let alone tell them. Mm-hmm. But I needed to and I had to because, you know, it's just, they're my parents. You know, yeah, you have to and, tell them when you feel the need to. Yeah, and, and plus, and two, it was at the time that a nine-year relationship that I was in was ending. So I mean, so many things were happening um, all at the same time, and uh, it, it it was just it was it was lots lots of stuff was going on out to them right before oh yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, okay. yeah. oh yeah they knew i was gay oh god everybody knew i was gay <laughs> when i came okay so here's a funny story <laughs> <laughs> you're like everybody knew i was gay <laughs> everybody knew i was gay are you kidding i came I out on the front page of my I, I came out as gay in the front page of my um hometown newspaper oh really yes oh yes. kudos to you it, well, it, it was. <laughs> I, I they had asked me to do an article um, on on coming out, and so I said okay. And it was right around the time that Ellen was coming out, and so yeah, this is going back with the Ellen of, TV show when it was the, a sitcom. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, so, and, and it just it just wasn't right, you know. My mom's going, huh? The least you could do was warn me before this damn article came out. I'm like, yikes! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So, um, oh, one of the God. one of the other um, disclosures I was just thinking. Um, uh, was, you know, the partner that I'm with now. And he was actually the the first person that I ever told directly, like, on the dance floor, like, when we met, like, at the bar. Like, I didn't wait until, you know, <laughs> like, until hey, we got home. I have born. HIV. Pass the Red Bull and vodka. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it was very, um, I don't know, it was just, I just felt, like, comfortable enough in his presence that I could say it. And I felt like it wouldn't, you know what I mean, be something that would turn against me and be spread throughout. Like I really felt this connection with him. So I felt like I could trust him immediately and I could never do that with anyone else. Other people I would date like for a long period of time before I would even get the guts to tell them. So it was kind of interesting how it fell out that I trusted him automatically. Right. Kind of weird. You know, I, I, I think you do get that kind of, vibe when you meet somebody for the first time 
Because, you know, it's like, well, are they into me because they're into me, or are they into me because they just want to go to bed? Or am I drunk? (laughs) (laughs) Hi, guess what? (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't that drunk. (laughs) But it was three in the morning. (laughs) Three in the morning on the dance floor. That's right. I used to, I used to be a party animal. Like I used to always, you know how it was when you were when we were younger. You used to go to the clubs all the time. Monday you were at this bar. Tuesday you were at that bar. Like your one day off a week was Wednesday or something. You know uh-huh. what I mean? <laughs> it's when you had all that energy when I was nineteen, twenty, twenty-one. You know what I mean? Once I turned. Wait, 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 wait! Stop, stop, stop! Nineteen, twenty. You weren't even old enough to drink yet, and yet you were going into bars, young man. I, no, they had underage nights, okay, but I would bring fake IDs with me. And, like, well, not a fake ID. I would bring, like, my friend's ID who was older. And uh, his picture uh-huh. really didn't look like me, but they just kind of look at the date and let you through. So I would get in. And, um, yeah, I was, I was whatever. I mean, when you're young and you're trying to discover yourself and finally come out, you're forced basically to go to bars to meet people because you really, you know what I mean? I didn't go to bars to meet people. Where the hell did you meet people? I met <laughs> when you were eighteen at coffee houses. I'd go to the bookstore. Okay, you go to a bookstore. I didn't go to bookstores. Um, went to glory holes, went to <laughs> park. Uh, <laughs> but you know how it is when you come out because of yeah. all the homophobia that's around. You're like forced to go to those bars and like. It's sad because it turns, I mean, it really does turn a lot of people into alcoholics because there's nowhere for you to go and be comfortable. There's, you know what I mean? You exactly. can't walk in public without yep. being harassed or looked at like you got eight heads. <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth. So, you know what I mean? Those places and, you know, even places like bathhouses, people are, are, are forced to go there because they can't live their real life in the real world. Exactly. It's a shame. It really is a shame. It, it is a shame, and and um, what's even worse is, you know, just, you know, it, it's it's the same way in the gay in the in the gay um, community. You know, you've you mentioned that you're HIV positive, and people will look at you like um, you're you're you've got seven heads. You know. Mm-hmm. What's with the whistling? Hmm, hmm, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Rob's in in the chat room making little whistling smileys because he's trying to tame the the conversation that's going on in there. <laughs> oh, you're funny. Oh, that's a hoot. Oh, oh my God. lord. So oh, the lines lord. are open. If anybody out there would like to call in three four seven two one five nine four four two, you may share your story. It's kind of been like an open mic night, kind of. Uh, it has been kind of. I guess, yeah, exactly. and it's kind of been uh, flowing pretty well, as far as I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Oh, listeners, are we doing okay? <laughs> God. You know, one of the other um, guests I wanted to tell you about, Jeremy, that we're having in September is um, he's going to be on September second, but his name is. Devin T. Robinson X. Okay. And he is a um, a poet, and he does this one-man show. Very, very interesting, and I'm going to put his, uh, his uh, URL in the chat room. Um, it's robinsonx.com. And um, he's, it's amazing. He, um, you know, he does all these, this one-man show that he has coming out, and oh, let me just find the name of it. God did not give me HIV or something like that. And he's it, just it's amazing uh, gentleman, uh, a straight guy. So I always, you know, it's always good to have different people come on because you know we do sometimes have a lot of you know people that are are gay that come on. So it's nice to have straight people's story on as well because they, you know what I mean. A lot of people think it don't affect the straight people. It's still only a gay disease. So when we have these you know straight men on. Um, it's always interesting to, you know, share that side of the story that a lot of people don't think exists. Is that him without a shirt? Yeah. Hmm. (laughs) 
So uh, he will be on, uh, let's see here, his one-man shows. One of them, well, what his story is, um, he also writes an article for a column for HIV Plus magazine. And one of the little um, parts of his story is that he lost his virginity and in replace became HIV positive. So, um, you know, it only takes one time. It's very important that people realize that it takes one time that you're not protected and you can become infected and, you know, get back a result of positive on your tests. So Yeah, that's the only test result you don't want to come back positive on, right? That's the one yeah, test right. you don't want to be positive on? Yeah. Is that what I'm trying to say? Yeah. It's <laughs> the one test you want to fail? <laughs> that's interesting. Um, what else was I going to say to you? Who? Um, <clears throat> else was I going to have come on? A gentleman, I'm having a gentleman on, Michael, um, from, he actually writes articles for uh, Planet Out and Gay.com, and he actually just wrote an article within the last month on uh, thriving with HIV, and he actually um, mentioned Paz I Am, our social oh. network, and, um, you know, gave us a plug out in, it, in the article with a link and um, I'm going to, you know, have him on so he can talk about the articles that he wrote and bring some attention to his personal blog because um, it's very interesting, very funny stuff that he does. So uh, I, I just like finding different people. And a lot of people will ask you, do I have to be positive because I'm not positive? And you don't have to be positive to be a guest on here. You could work, you know, in the AIDS community or for an ASO. You don't have to necessarily have a positive status to be a guest. And if you want to be a guest, you can contact me at robertpazim.com, and we'll be more than happy to have somebody contact you to get you on the show. I think, um, you know, the personal stories are the shows that I I find the most rewarding. Um, I got an email from somebody today, uh, one of the members, about the radio show, and he's like, you know, I listen to all the shows, you know, because he's like, I just joined and I listened to all the past shows. And um, my favorite, he said, was when we had Angina on, he said that was he found it very inspirational to have her on because her story was amazing. Um, and the other person that he enjoyed the most was um, when we had 18-year-old Brian uh, Jackson on. Uh huh. Um, when we had him on, they were both Wednesday shows, so I don't I'm not sure if you caught both of them, but um, the Brian Jackson one was very very um, courageous on his part and inspirational. So I thought it was kind of cool to get feedback from people let me know what shows they like and what kind of topics they like cool you know what i mean if you, if you have a topic for a show contact us let us know suggest guests for us we're always looking for guests and new people to come on you know um i'm starting to not be able to find people as easily as it was when i first started <laughs> you know what i mean so um anyone out there is listening is more than ha- welcome to help us reach out and get some guests I think we need to. Um, I want to get some more women on. I like to get some more uh, HIV positive women. Yes, women. Um, they're very hard to find. Um, <laughs> Especially but, for a gay man. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're very hard to find that are vocal, like the ones that we had on before were Sherry Lewis and Marvin Brown, and we had Teresa on, and things like that. But it's just very hard for me to 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 get a, a woman who's willing to come on and share her story. You know, don't you, do you know of any that could we could reach out and, and or, or it's tough. I'll have to you think. You know what I mean? You have to think. Um, one of the other ideas that I have coming up, um, which I'm excited to um, bring to Pazam Radio, is we're going to do a show on HIV AIDS camps. Oh. And I'm going to have um, two guests as um, two guests that day, and I'm going to have a guest from Camp Kindle. Uh, one of the ladies who works there is going to join us, and a lady from Camp Dreamcatcher um, for the second half of the show. And um, Camp Kindle is located in California, and then there's also one in Nebraska. And then Camp Dreamcatcher is located actually in Pennsylvania around me. So I thought that that would be cool to have both of them on because then we can cover camps all across the United States, you know, one on the East Coast, one on the West Coast, and one in the center. And then if people, you know, would like to send their kids or, you know, have children or know somebody that maybe would benefit from going to a camp, they have an option to find one that's close to them. So I think that's kind of cool to have, um, you know, two guests on to talk about that, don't you think? Yeah, I do. I actually think that would be a great idea. 
see, I um, well, the camps, both of them, um, we I donated to. So the Camp Dreamcatcher, we I think last year we sent them. I oh, I don't want to say. I don't know off the top of my head. I want to say I possibly sent them like seven or eight hundred dollars. We, me and my partner, did a, a fundraiser for them. Uh huh. And sent them money, and then uh, Camp Kindle, actually two years in a row, last year we sent them $500, and the year before we sent them 500 Beanie Babies <laughs> for the kids to pass out. <laughs> you mean to pass out to their kids? Right, to the kids at the camp. Yes, not to, not for the kids to pass out. Right, not you know what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but here, this is radio. Right. <laughs> <laughs> One of the other um, things I wanted to also bring up um, was, I'm just reading in the chat room, um, was the Philly AIDS walk is coming up, and we are going to walk um, as individuals this year because I don't, I don't have the time to put together the team and do all that information to walk under the pause I am name, but we're still going to walk as a group um, for the Philly AIDS walk. And the cool thing is, is I'll actually be able to meet Jack because Jack will be here doing an event with um, Living Positive by Design and Merck. So that'll oh, be wonderful. kind of interesting. So if there's a possibility, I think it would be really cool if we could do a live show from there. Oh. But I don't know how that'll be. I may have to. I may try to do something with, like, my video camera and um, actually, like, on the walk interview people. Uh-huh. And I think that may be kind of something interesting to post on YouTube and, and for other people to see, like, why are you walking? Who are you walking for? Because some people walk for their loved ones that have passed, so... I think that's always interesting, especially like Teresa, who has her grandchildren come with her and her children to walk on the walk. So I think getting stories like that kind of really touch people. And, you know, it's cool to – it'll be a cool thing to do, go on video and, and interview people. That'll be something different. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be awesome. And then you could post it on the website. Right, right. And then everybody can see it. Exactly. Because um, I do have a POSIM YouTube page that people can check out that I just started blogging on and I post videos. Um, did you see the new video for the radio show? Um, not yet. Oh my God. It's been forever. Where have you been? Busy. Busy, whatever. I posted oh, yeah. on your, um, if you, people can join us also on, um, YouTube, like I said, Twitter, Facebook, um, MySpace. We have a fan page on Facebook that, um, People can join. I'm trying to to build that up and see um, if we can get as many people as possible to follow and and to join that little fan site there on Facebook. Um, but on YouTube, I um I do like the whole month. Like, oh, um, what'd you say? I said, oh, that's great. Yeah. So people can. It's a video and it shows all the guests that are coming up. It's actually directly. If you go to the Pausaim community for the people listening, it's actually right there on the home page. The video of um, all the shows you know, coming up for the whole month so people can see who's coming up, what day, what time, and what they're going to talk about. And it's also on the radio show page um, on Blog Talk Radio here as well. Uh, at the top, there's one for the whole month, and at the very bottom of the page, there's one for the promo for the show with just introducing the hosts and all that other good stuff. They're really, really cool. I, I think that I, I hit the mute button. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> God. No, you're totally, totally uh, fine. So, um, unfortunately, like I said, our guest didn't show up tonight, and that's a um, little upsetting, but um, maybe we'll see if we can get him to come on another time. I don't <clears throat> I don't get it. Um, that's okay. He's out. He's in California. He's, you know, it's only, what is it, 4 o'clock there or something? No, it's... It's 7. 6, six o'clock, 7 o'clock there. Yeah, so it makes me wonder, maybe he got the time zone mixed up and thinks it's 9 o'clock his time. Oh, which could possibly happen, and I, I try to confirm all that stuff with people, but we'll see how it goes. So, um, yep. like I said, uh, Wednesday show, we're going to talk about how to overcome depression. You can call in and talk with me and Jack about that, maybe share some tips of what you did to get over, um, you know, what you did to get over your depression if you were feeling down on yourself and out or you had, um, you know, bad thoughts in your head and what you did to overcome it. A lot of people write poetry, sing songs. Right, some of us take medication. Yeah. Um, so some of us drink. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, well, I just thought of another idea as we're just throwing ideas for shows. I would love to have um, somebody come on and talk about being HIV positive and going through um, either sobriety or, 
you know, I'm going through getting clean. Right. Um, I know we touched on some personal stories, but I would like to do a show specifically on that. I know I shared my story about it, but I'd like to hear other people who may be struggling with, you know, addiction issues and, and being positive because that could make for a good show. It, it could make a very, very, very good show, and it would be, um, I, I think, incredibly powerful for many people to hear because it's not just, you know, substance addic- addictions, but there's sex addictions, there's food addictions, there's so many different types of addictions out there that I think um, many people are going through and, and, and are trying to handle, and it it's... I think it would be very, very important for 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 a, a show dedicated on it. I think that would be great. I'm just sitting here um, thinking of what. Excuse me, I almost caught my throat. That's always nice to say Ew. on air. Something stuck in my throat. Yeah, no, it's Joseph. <laughs> let him work. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a Jolly Rancher. <laughs> oh, is that what you call it? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. So um, just a reminder that people can check out our social network at pauseim.com and find the information on the radio show and all that good stuff there. Um, Jeremy, have you set up a new blog lately? I've been waiting for you to blog on pauseim, but I haven't seen you. I haven't done one. I'm still in the middle of writing one. So, On anything good? Well, it's on a couple of things. I've got a couple of different ideas going on. Um, one is about President Obama opening up a um, basically a White House chat on uh, about HIV, and um, another one that has surfaced is uh, an interesting uh, test that came out of Chicago just recently about um, people not really knowing that they are HIV positive and, you know, spreading the disease and that they found that, um, what was it, 50% of all, oh, I forget what the damn statistic was. Let me look here. Hold on one second. Um, let's see. Do, 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 do. It was, um, oh, losing my mind. Have I told you that? No, it's fine. It's no big deal. We'll just have to talk about it next week. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Have you found it? Uh, Yeah. Um, It was a few weeks ago that Chicago's health department released uh, results from a study that found that half of Chicago gay men who are infected with HIV aren't aware that they're even carrying the virus. Half. Half of the gay men. Half. Ninety-one of the 524 men tested uh, who were tested were, were positive, and that's about 17.4% of the of the population that were that were tested. Um, infection rates were higher among minorities and older men, uh, while results are consistent with other large metropolitan markets. Um, da, 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 da. And, and it's just over half. Of of the gay men who are infected with HIV don't know that they have it in Chicago. In Chicago, so if you pull that out and you start looking at other large metropolitan areas, who's to say that those results wouldn't be similar? Exactly. In in New York and LA and San Francisco and Philadelphia, mm-hmm. so. Um, it's uh, it's very important to get tested. It, oh God, you, you know it's just I I I've been getting on this little kick about um, about testing and knowing your status. I don't know if you've been seeing my Twitter updates and my yeah. Facebook updates, but um, it's just you know I think on a daily I'm, I'm just going to start berating everybody, barraging everybody, going go get your test, go get it done. You know, <laughs> making people think about it a little bit more than they do. That's right. You know and getting I mean? tested and knowing your status is the first step of taking it, absolutely. care of yourself. Absolutely. So we're and winding down. I just want to, um, oh, look yep. at that. I just want to remind people that you can find out more information about Pazayam Radio at www.pazayam.com, and you can read Jeremy's wonderful blog at positivelyspeaking.com. Any final thoughts there, Jeremy? 
Um, my final thought is for anybody who's listening who might be who, who's HIV negative, get out, get tested, know your status, just do it. And you can see me at www.positivelyspeaking.com. There you go. Thanks for tuning in, everyone, and we'll talk to you all next week. Have a good night. Thanks. Have a good night. Have a great week. Bye.